Hello, I'm Aaron Holloway-Nahum, the artistic director of The Riot Ensemble, a new music ensemble in London. A couple years ago, in a review of the Huddersfield Festival of Contemporary Music, a comedian quoted an anonymous attendee who said, Much of it sounds like a chest of children's toys coming down the stairs. Well, we think that's great. Playful, colorful, beautiful, alive. So this podcast is called Chest of Toys, and we'll be bringing you all sorts of interesting, cacophonous stories from the world of new music. New music can be abstract, noisy, and sometimes confusing on first listening, but the personal stories behind this music often help explain why the people that make it do it in the way that they do. That's certainly true of London-based violinist Alison Blunt. I started playing the violin when I was seven years old. My grandparents had this black and white clapped out TV. I saw a fantastic televised concert. I think it was a prom. And uh, it absolutely blew my mind. The sound of the violin just went straight to the nub of my universe. And I don't think I'd ever heard a violin before. Um, uh, it was just a really kind of cataclysmic experience for me. It was the vibration of the violin sound. That sound was what I wanted to, to express. At that point, I went, right, I'm going to be a violinist. Absolutely, no question of a doubt, that was what I wanted to do. Alison started lessons, and this certainty about the violin stayed with her. By the end of school, she was auditioning to study at music college, including Birmingham Conservatoire. I went in there bored to death of the repertoire. I was playing at all these auditions. And when it came to the um, place where you usually do a trill and then you continue um, without doing the cadenza, I just started improvising. No plan to do that whatsoever. It was like something bubbling up desperately, like, finally, give me a voice. I've got to be able to do something with this voice. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I felt completely high and elated and kind of in another state and then kind of came back and trilled and continued and finished the piece and it was perfectly fine and then looked over kind of warily at the uh, audition panel and they didn't say anything about it. I went, wow, I have no idea what happened. It felt great. But then forgot all about it for the whole three years. Didn't think about it once. Alison completed the course at Birmingham Conservatoire but had a difficult final year physically and emotionally. Her health deteriorated. She lost a lot of weight. It culminated in a series of severe nosebleeds that hospitalized her just before graduation. That summer was spent convalescing before post-grad studies began that September. So I didn't practice the violin very much at all. And when I came back, it was immediately to the pressure of, OK, so this is the year I've given myself to prepare for auditions for London conservatoires. And I started practicing half an hour a day, then the next day one hour, then the next day one and a half hours. But I was up to sort of eight hours a day within two weeks. 
um, from nothing. And one of the places that you lose weight from first when you lose weight is your wrists. And then we had this opportunity where the leader of the CBSO was going to give a first violin sectional rehearsal. And I was so deeply concerned about impressing him and the fact that I was probably going to be sort of not putting my best foot forward that, you know, I was under a huge amount of, in a huge anxious state and worried about it. And during that time was my first feeling of an ache in my hand, which grew and grew. And then by the time we went back to the full orchestral rehearsal, I could feel something was really wrong. And it was basically the beginning of a series of appointments with doctors, specialists. Every single one contradicted the last one. Everyone suggested something different. Oh, you must rest. Oh, you mustn't rest it. Oh, here's a splint that'll put your hand in the the perfect position. And then I had, by the end of the, the year, a sort of museum of different splints, all different shapes that I was meant to keep my hand in. I kept on thinking, next month I'll be fine. Next month I'll be fine. And if I hadn't felt that way, I don't know what would have happened. I always thought, okay, this is going to work. One more month, one more month. But if anyone had said, you're going to have two years before you can play again, I really don't know what I'd have done to myself. I couldn't imagine it. Although during that uh, period, I had life-changing kind of turnaround experiences in terms of my relationship to music, my relationship to society and the world. With the violin suddenly absent from her life, Alison took to spending hours in the library reading philosophy and psychology to keep stimulated. She also began Alexander Technique lessons, which she says refocused her away from the goal-oriented habits that had been ingrained since she was seven. And these things all started kind of feeding into my thinking about how would it be to play again and would there be another way to play because I'd also realised that at heart I was a complete anarchist and you know deeply and fiercely and that it was never going to work out playing in an orchestra I was either going to have a breakdown from being told what to do or I was going to get thrown out for being rebellious it was going to be one of the two and I was like oh my god well What are my options? I really don't know what my options are. Months were passing. Away from college and with her wrist no better, Allison's grandparents eventually fixed her up with a specialist at their local clinic. She moved in with them to get regular treatment there, and slowly, as it began to help, she found ways to start playing again. I had some great advice from somebody to look up Kato Havash, a Hungarian violinist who had helped a huge number of string players who'd had injuries. And her approach was to explore some of the ways of gypsy playing. And it was so much about the left hand being the giving hand rather than the taking hand. And she talked about the thumb can move, it doesn't have to be stationary, that the fingers can, can help each other by moving around, they don't have to stay in one fixed position. I was able to practice again one minute a day 
then two minutes a day, and then two minutes in the morning, one minute in the afternoon. It literally was that much. But the preparation for those two minutes was so enormous. Exactly what did I want to achieve? What was I going to be doing? And seriously, if you put your alarm on and you've got two minutes, you get a lot done. And I realised that as I'd built up over months, um, I realised I was achieving more in 20 minutes than I'd ever achieved in five hours. As her strength and confidence returned, Alison stuck to her conviction that classical music wasn't for her after all. And after getting a place on a course at the Guildhall School in London, her attention turned increasingly to improvised music. For me, improvised music is a kind of way to access almost like another dimension. It's certainly like another state of being. And that participation in in an altered state can have such a huge benefit on, on normal life. This kind of music is so much about shifting energy and about vibration and frequency, something I'm very, very interested in, and sharing those vibrations on stage and with an audience. I find that those things really profound, and improvised music has had a hugely transformative effect on my life. For more than 20 years since her RSI, Allison has carved a career as a professional violinist, leading workshops and teaching, as well as pursuing her love of performance, earning a reputation as one of the UK's leading improvising musicians. Looking back now, what's her perspective on that injury and how it has affected her in the long term? The pain was really infrequent, and it seems now that it's very clearly connected to anxiety. So when I put myself under a lot of stress or I allow a lot of stress, um, am I good enough kind of stress, then my wrist will tell me. I'll get those kind of echo pains. But I've kind of recognised that they are only echo pains and they're not anything to worry about. Actually, it's quite clear for me that if I hadn't been stopped in my tracks with the wrist injury I wouldn't be doing a single thing that I'm doing now and it was the first time that I had given myself a chance to think about what I wanted to do because I just you know I just carried on with the same dream without really questioning it and, and challenging it at all if I hadn't had something just stop me I'd have just become more and more anxious and <laughs> More and more, you know, worried about, you know, is my playing good enough and all of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, the RSI was absolutely pivotal in helping me change and find my direction. Well, details of the music you've heard and links to Alison's work can be found on the Riot Ensemble website. That's riotensemble.com forward slash chest of toys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll look forward to welcoming you back to the toy chest soon. <laughs>